0: well hello and welcome back fellow riders on bus talk a podcast about work life issues which crowd our minds each day myth busting into reality we share some tips and tricks to better your work-life balance or the lack thereof simply put It's a straight talk to help you cope well with various situations without having to reinvent the wheel. And yes, there is a lot of traffic, so it does take time. We go slow, steady and at our own pace. If this is what piques your interest, you're on the right bus. So sit back, turn up the volume and enjoy the ride. I'm your host GB and you're listening to Bus Talk. In today's ride, we must talk about job changes. So why do people quit jobs? Bad manager, bad region, bad patch, bad colleagues, politics, the infrastructure is not good, the chairs are not nice, the lights are too bright. There are thousands of reasons. Yes, there are some very, very serious reasons as well, but more often than not, these are some of the common reasons. Now, think of a situation where you have quit a job owing to not getting what you deserve. One of the common pet peeves that we see across the length and breadth of the industry is people believe they are overworked and underpaid. And therefore, that becomes a primary driver to look for a role change. They believe that their potential is not appreciated. It's not even exploited to the right in the right way. And they are under-leveraging their talent as against the greatness that lies ahead in front of them. And so, it boils down to a FOMO situation, fear of missing out. If I don't jump now, what will happen next? You know, I might not get the right opportunity when I really want it. So, long story short, people add up some of these reasons or pick f- uh, from many of these reasons and form a reality which says this job does not value what I do and hence there is no further road ahead possible, hit a dead end, and therefore I should look for another job. Now, that these are different from either being terminated or laid off or simply asked to leave. These are different discussions. But for the balance where you engineer a change, more often than not, these are the reasons that form the base construct. You deal with the base construct for a month or two. It takes about a month or two to build that base construct. But the fire comes f- from learning about that colleague, friend, peer, who just landed a job at a higher job title at a much higher CTC. This kind of makes your world turn upside down. Sounds familiar, isn't it? And so you, uh, the final nail in the coffin, as it were, is you hit the search button and off you go. Job hunting, and then reality check. So, what's the reality check? You know, the funny thing about job hunting is it's much like the process of buying a house. It's when you try to buy a house, the property rates are all time high and they are almost unaffordable. And when you're trying to sell a house, of course, the property my market has crashed, and therefore, there the price that you get is. Much lower than your expectation. Very similar in the job hunt as well. When you're looking for a job, clearly there is a hiring freeze, there is some headcount not getting approved, and so many other things that conjure up. You know, the stars don't align. And the reverse of it happens as well. You know, when you just are happy with your job and things are going smooth, touch wood, you get a headhunter calling you with a job opportunity and it turns out those are some of the better job opportunities. But unfortunately, you can't take them because you just promised your boss that you are in it for the long run, you just got promoted or got a raise, and so on and so forth. There could be multiple reasons. So the reality check of job search is that when you are after it, often you never get the right role. And when you don't chase it, it often comes to you. So, here's some breaking news for you. It is a 30-year career. Read my lips. Three 0. zero. 30-year career. Yes. So, now scale your career as against a 30-year time frame. Where are you right now? At the 10-year mark? At the 15-year mark? And you still have 50% of your journey ahead of you. Right. So one of the key aspects of being successful in career trajectories is to pace yourself well and not to get restless early on. The second part is even if you exit your career at with say a 90% success ratio, that 90% of the times you were successful, you took the right decisions, and 10% you had a bad debt, that still is a damn good job done. Very rarely, people get to a 100% success or more than 100%. Not to say that you can't get it. Of course, you can. But by and large, if you exit your career being successful 90% of the time, that's a good enough strategy. You will always have those bad debts of 5 7 10%, which sometimes are beyond your control. Sometimes the stars don't align and whatever might be the reason. So scale your career in the right mindset in the right thought process and here's another aha moment for you consider you and your friend peer colleague you're started you've started your careers together say at the 10-year mark you're at the same level of compensations you are at say 100 and The other person is also at $100, just hypothetically speaking. Now, suddenly this person B gets promoted ahead of you, bags that great deal, and when you are at $100, he suddenly gets to $130, all right? What we have seen over time, that by the time you get to that 30th year mark, it will be unlikely that the distance between the two of you will increase, right? So at the 30th year mark, if you have reached to say $200, your friend wouldn't have gone past say $500. Remember, this is a generalization. There are always exceptions. So bear that in mind. What we see though is that while you, at the end of the 30th year mark, if you have reached 200 dollars that person is somewhere around 210 or 215 why does that happen it's because many times in career the pace at which one progresses is sometimes different to the other for some people they get promoted faster earlier and then slower towards the middle and end of their career some people go slow at the start and then pick up pace towards the middle or the end so it becomes like a zero sum game right at the end of the day at the 38th year mark it will be highly unlikely that the ctc differential is 2x or 3x the amount that you ended up with now, yes, there are lots of moving parts, lots of assumptions in there and lots of variables, but we're trying to keep things very simple. Of course, if somebody starts their own business or catapults into like senior executive management or stuff like that, those things happen. But remember I said those again fall under exceptions. Like in the laws of physics, they say with all things remaining constant, two similar skill set people will most likely exit their careers within like three five percent of ctc differentials if that's the way you're looking at so the net of the story is if someone has got more salary than you at this point don't get restless about it don't worry about it that's not a thing to worry anyways To be honest, that's something to be happy about. If your friend, peer, has done well, bagged a good job, and if you are in good terms, that actually is network increase, right? Your friend goes from company A to company B. You already share a common equation. You know that that friend can perhaps refer you at some point in time. That's how people grow together. So don't feel that you're being left out. It's just that somebody has got a head start. You will get your chance to you know, leapfrog ahead as well. The question is, are you doing something differently? Are you doing something to deserve it? Are you doing something to create those opportunities? How are you navigating these tricky times? That is what you should focus on and not worry about who got more uh, compensation or if the person got a better job title is immaterial. How well you excel in your current role and do better is what you need to focus on. Last but not the least, let's talk about the economies of scale. Now, having been part of this business, this company, this role for, say, the preceding five years, you've got a lot of advantages. You people know you, people Believe the quality of work that you do. They trust your deliverable. And the reason you need to believe that people like you or trust you is is because you still have that job. In efficient companies worldwide, if you're not doing your job well, clearly you won't have the job, correct? The fact that you have the job means that you're doing your job well. People around you understand the way you work perhaps even are patient enough to understand the quirks that you bring to office sometimes. And so the job satisfaction, the comfort of the job is also a key factor. Yes, it's not tangible in hardcore dollars and cents or money, but it's invaluable, it's priceless that the set of people that you work with respect you and have have your back from time to time in case you you know have a mistake which crops up or get some, get into some difficult situation, you always have a few people to count on. Now, picture this same thing in a new role. The entire economies of scale that you built up here becomes zero, right? You restart the equation and then again spend three, five, seven years Building that credibility, building that equity within the management, senior management, peer levels, and, uh, you know, your juniors, if you have any. And that may, may not happen. You know, that takes a lot of doing how you did it the first time, may, may not happen the second time. So don't rule that part out completely. It will take a lot of effort to rebuild the economies of scale. Now, if you go through LinkedIn and check out some of the senior executives, especially those who are leading large business units, it will be very clear that 9 on 10 profiles will have at least one stint with one company lasting more than 10 years. Think about it. Most leadership around you, look around you, who are at the helm of leadership at the top of the leadership they have spent upwards of 10 years 12 years in their career span in a similar company in a similar role right the job role will have multiple facets to it it's not that they're doing same repetitive work but if you are for example a sales manager then you are you could be a channel sales manager you could be a direct sales manager you could be an inside sales manager a whole bunch of sub segments that you could do but you are with a company in the sales function for over 10 years this is the necessary currency for you to become a leader at a later stage so do not underestimate the time that you are spending in one role in one organization just look around you and you will get the answer and so before you quit your job Think through these points very carefully, very objectively. Now, you might still come across and think, yes, it's time for you to move on, and so be it. One has to do what he has to do. But don't be in a hurry. Don't base your movement on assumptions. Base it on facts and do double check on all the aspects. Go, you know, one by one. Why are you doing this? What are you going to do and how are you going to do? Think, why do you need to change the job? What are you going to do about it and how are you going to do about it? Keep asking yourself these questions until you are absolutely objectively clear. Bear in mind, a good player will never become a bad player overnight. So if you are a good player, if you consider yourself a good player, you will always find an opportunity today, tomorrow, day after. There will never be a situation where a good player is without a job or a role for a long period of time i mean there could be again disclaimer ex- exceptions but by and large that does not happen why because we as hiring managers we often come across the volume of people that are probably applying for a job many many people but to find quality that is a very difficult task to find the person who has the right attitude, right credentials, and right uh, thought process, who speaks the language and gets the job description to the T. These profiles are worth their weight in gold. You know, people would make space to fit in, to accommodate such profiles. So never think that you there will be no opportunity or you might miss out an opportunity. it's never the case. Well, that's all for now. I hope you had a good time listening as much as I had sharing these thoughts. And if you did, do tune in to the other episodes of Bus Talk. Yes, you could share them on Facebook, or Twitter, and with especially those who might appreciate similar content. And if you need to talk to me or reach out to me, you can use the Twitter handle, hashtag Gyanban, spelled as G-Y-A-N-B-A-N, one word, or email me on gyanban at gmail.com, again, spelled as G-Y-A-N-B-A-N-N. Be sure to tune in next week. There is a fascinating episode coming up for you. Till we meet again, stay safe, be well and bring your A-game to work. Ciao.